Spoilers. Affirmative. Spoilers. Spoilers. Affirmative. Spoilers. Welcome back. This is episode number 59. This is Discussing Who, and as you just heard, the cloister bells have rung and the spoiler warning is out because we are talking about the Doctor Falls. This is season 10, or excuse me, series 10 of Doctor Who, or the 2017 series, and it is the finale. We've watched it. And we are ready to talk about it. So I'm Kyle Jones, and joining me, as always, is Clarence Brown. Hey, Clarence, how are you? Doing good, Kyle. Uh, coming off the holiday week. Well, not weekend, but uh, weekend. Then we had a, a day in between the holiday of uh, uh, 4th of July. But, you know, I had fun. Got to spend some time with some family. And, uh, yeah, just generally ate too much, like... Americans cool. do on that day. So, so, so did so, you yeah, do anything well. interesting uh, today? Today, uh, nothing except uh, stay home and be lazy. I took a few days off work, so I'm just doing a little R and R. So, hmm. so yeah. So, so I, I purposely said that since you know Clarence <laughs> is off work, I'm not. So um, just you know had to kind of rub that in a little bit. I guess that's rubbing that in a little bit on yeah, me on because you're, exactly. <laughs> but but uh, someone who's not trying to you know uh, cause me any grief is Mr. Lee Shackelford. Lee, how are you? I'm good, guys. I, I you could argue that I am causing you grief, but uh, <laughs> okay. Well, I'll argue it just for the hell of it. I mean, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Just just before we went on air with the show, we were talking about uh, I, I recruited uh, Kyle and Clarence to be uh, voice actors in my radio drama, and I gave them lines completely out of context. So they were trying to record <laughs> them, having no idea what they're saying. So that's that, that's giving people grief. So what <laughs> is the name for any of the people who might be joining us tonight for the very first time? Oh. What is the name of this radio show for which you speak? It's called Relativity, and you can find it at relativitypodcast.com. And uh, for uh, my Patreon supporters, episode 11, the first of the new series, has already gone out. Oh, yeah. So, because Great they did so. I see. So Clarence has outed himself as one of my, one of my backers. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, and uh, it'll be released to the general public, I think, on Saturday. Cool. And, uh, and then in episode 12, if you listen fast, you'll hear the familiar voice of the quote master and the impossible host. Woohoo, woohoo. <laughs> Can't wait. And I've got, you know, I've got it downloaded or ready to download, but I literally uh, got home and had to uh, jump on another call, which was 
uh, someone that I spoke with that will be part of our very next episode, which will be episode 60. I got to talk with Mr. Paul Petacek of The Crew to Who, which is uh, part of the New Orleans Time Fest group and the event that they have every year. So this will be the first of several talks that um, I've got planned with Paul. And this was more just getting his understanding of where he came into Doctor Who and a little bit about the group. And as we get into our review of this episode, I will make reference to something that Paul uh, said when we talked briefly about this episode. So I'll hold that for a little bit longer. So uh, we're talking about the Doctor Falls. Are we ready, guys? I suppose. Let's do it. All right, good deal. So, like I said before, the spoiler warnings are out. So from henceforth, you know, if you haven't seen the episode, put us on pause. Go listen to it. We will be here, you know, come back and listen to us. But um, let's start at the very beginning because there was a lot happened in this episode. So we see at the very beginning this looks like colonial times almost until we see the uh, sock-headed people. So, uh, Lee, what was your impersonation, or not your impersonation, your impression, <laughs> not impersonation, impression of that opening scene? Uh, I uh, my, my favorite uh, uh, of the David Tennant stories is uh, uh, Family of Blood. And uh, so I was glad to see scary scarecrows again. So that's what that made me think of. And I, I feel sure that's a deliberate reference. I get the feeling that as, as uh, Stephen Moffat's time is wrapping up, that uh, we're going to be getting a lot of little shout outs to, uh, to uh, uh, the, the, uh, the, the previous uh, few years of the show. And I, so I thought that was a deliberate little wink in that direction. And then, you know, not to skip too far ahead, we got literal recapitulations of, of lines from earlier in the series <laughs> that got yeah. repeated in this episode. So, uh, but yeah, um, as a shift in scenery, that was uh, that was beautiful. That was we, you know we have to be wondering where, where are we? Are we still on that spaceship? Possibly. We've seen such things are possible, but you can't tell from looking at this. Clarence, what did but, you think? Yeah, it seems like a theme in in this uh, particular series has been the uh, opening uh, scenic view. We've had quite a few episodes where hmm. we've gotten opening scenes like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I very much enjoyed this one as well. I didn't really get the, the, the scarecrow Cybermen. Um, uh, I really didn't understand that. I'm like, okay, I guess at some point they were able to fend themselves all themselves off from the Cybermen. So I, I really didn't quite understand that, but it, it made for a cool scene. Nonetheless, I, I thought it really looked cool. Um, uh, and, and, and enjoyed this, you know, farm village, out there trying to defend themselves uh, versus versus the Cybermen. What did you think, Kyle? Well, more so than, you know, yes, I was jarred a little bit by the change in scenery, but what caught my attention more than anything in that opening scene was the little girl, uh, Alliot, or Alit. Um, and the reason she caught my attention was one could argue just from her appearance that she... And this is where I th- it was kind of, I think, a misdirection a little bit. She could have come off as a younger Bill. Mm-hmm. 
I, I wondered if I was the only one who thought that. No, actually, I don't think you were the only one that uh, recognized that because I I did, and I was like, okay, I can't wait to see if Clarence and Lee picked up on that. So my question next is, Clarence, what about you? Did you pick up on it? Uh, I kind of thought it at first a little bit, but then I was like, nah, it's probably slim to zero chance that, sir. <laughs> Although, the you know, you would think, you know, a young black girl with the frizzy hair, kind of Afro kind of thing. So it seemed like it could have been her, but I, I really just didn't go there in my mind. But uh, one thing I did notice from the opening scene as well is, is um, on the last episode, I was asking why they kept panning to the number at the top on the ceiling, which was I guess just the floor number, right. I'm guessing. Right. And and they did the same thing in this opening scene as well. Uh, after they kind of got through with the little intro, they uh, panned the camera up to show you that we were uh, at a higher floor, I guess. Yeah. So what did you guys think of that scene where you see the Cyberman standing there and then you see the Cyberman holding, you know, the collapsed doctor and then they do the you know, pan out and you see him or the Cyberman literally holding the doctor. So what was your takeaway from that? Um, I knew we we would get an explanation on, on why that was happening. I also think it was a really cool picture to see, uh, you know, this menace, the Cyberman um, holding a fallen doctor. So, I mean, that's the name of the episode. Uh the Doctor Falls, so it, it made it made a lot of sense, and it it was a really beautiful shot to me as well. What did you think, Lee? Yeah, it. Uh, I really love that, and I'm glad that you're you're using that as a cover art for this episode because it is. I think that is going to be one of the iconic images of Doctor Who from now on. Um, and, and you know, and of course, it immediately evokes. Um, monster movie posters of the 50s and 60s. There's always the creature who's <laughs> yeah. holding some helpless person, usually a, 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 a unlikely proportioned female. Um, but it's but the point is that it's the helpless person, and and that's our hero there. He's the helpless one in this picture. Wow, yeah. you know, it, you know. Then, no, go ahead. No, I was, I was again to go back to the last episode where we kind of mentioned, you know, that some of the the enemies have looked cheesy and and but not in this case because we saw the actual formation of this cyberman and you know all of those things i've said in the past about you know these enemies looking weird or low budget it just i felt the menace of the of the suit because we actually saw it being made and I, again that's one of the things that made that picture so special as well it is. It's the genius of this, I think, is the retcon of those silly suits, is that they don't yeah. seem silly to us anymore. No. And, and if you watch uh, Moonbase or any of those, you, you especially chuckle at the guy who's got the big flashlight on top of his head. Well, that's <laughs> not funny anymore. Yeah. That, <laughs> that thing is never going to be funny again. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. You know, on Saturday, I messaged you guys and said, you know, I'd, I was trying my very best to stay off of social social media and not pick up on anything. And I just hit Instagram for one moment and somebody <laughs> taking, they took a picture of this. And, and that was, you know, this scene that we're talking about of the Cyberman holding the doctor. That was, you know, the picture <laughs> that I was presented with. Mm -hmm. And... And in just having never seen that, you know, for the first time, 
It, it was like just a minor choke up moment, you know, just like because you knew that you knew it had to be Bill. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, my yeah. equivalent was that just as you were saying that, I thought, huh, he shouldn't have done that. And then I got on Facebook and immediately was met with a photograph of the, the doctor, uh, the doctor, the master and Missy waltzing. <laughs> and I thought, no, I didn't want to. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> we should just declare a moratorium on the Internet. Because <laughs> literally that's what you have to do. Uh, yeah. When anymore. Right. Especially with this show. When even if you're watching it same day, you're yeah. um, the people for whom it was literally made for watch watch it for us six to seven to or whatever hours, um, you know. Right. So there well, you go. That's fans posting pictures, but the BBC released a flippin' publicity <laughs> photo of Peter Capaldi and David Bradley together, and they yeah. did that on Saturday. I was like, guys, <laughs> hey. <laughs> Which, which is just the miracle t- unto itself that the show doesn't get spoiled as much as it does. You know, I mean, especially in the tent pole episodes, you know, you, you're going to have to watch out for uh, things on, on the social medias. But, man, the, f- the fact that we're watching it later and a significant amount of time later, not this is not East Coast, West Coast. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, to go in unsullied is is a miracle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that we do, that we don't know everything going in exactly. Yeah. So, what do we think about that next scene when you've got uh, Missy and the Master um, on the rooftop with the Doctor and uh, basically, you know, ha- not handcuffs but strapped to a wheelchair? What What were your thoughts? <laughs> 100 ways to die. Yeah. <laughs> they, they both basically become the Joker right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but not only that, man, seeing those two guys, guy and gal, I should say, um, actually interact and play off each other. You know, Kyle, I've, I'm on record as saying that I'm not a Missy fan. But boy, after this episode, I I really like Missy. I yeah. mean, I don't know if it was just seeing seeing um, uh, Michelle Gomez and uh, and and uh, John Sim work together, what that kind of you know solidified it for me. But man, those two guys play off each other so well, so well. And well she, and what she, a what a script for the two of them. I mean. <laughs> What a script. <laughs> and, and I'm sorry, you know, uh, I, I like John Sam, but she delivered on her uh, lines so much better, in, in, my, in my opinion. Really? Yeah, I think so. Especially like, uh, you know, when they're talking about how many regenerations he has left and pushing him up and down the stairs. And, mm-hmm. um, when, and then whenever they're uh, looking for... Um, um, you know, Bill, and then the whole thing of um, turning the one heart, I mean, you know, to two hearts and all that. I mean, she just, I don't know, she just, she just delivered her lines. Not that he didn't See, do a good job. She well, just, well, I'm going I'm, 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 I'm to go with you on this one because I think, Sim, the thing about him is, um, I think the lines he was given was were more of one-liners, um, 
not not technically one line as you're gonna bust out laughing, but <laughs> but I don't know, man. I really just felt some of the lines he delivered were so funny and poignant. And like even the time when he and this is later on episode when he went back to I forget the character he played in the last episode when he was uh, made up. Razor, Mr. Razor. Razor. Yeah. He like falls into the Razor voice, and I, I'm just like my jaw just dropped. Like, oh, that's great. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. So, so, what did you think, uh, Lee, of this of, of Sam's master? Because I have a, I'm, I'm going to piggyback off of something Clarence just said. But what did you think of the way John Sims was portrayed this time as the master? This is my favorite outing of his as the master. Um, Although uh, I, I I I always love him uh, gassing the, uh, the the cabinet to death and uh, he's going to be the prime minister, you know? you're insane. <laughs> Two thumbs up. You know? Yeah, you got it. You know, I just I always love that moment of the way he played it. But the, but you know, this is my favorite outing of John Sims' master ever. Um, and and it's part of it's because of what I've been saying many times before on this show is that I I don't. Um, I think it's it's sort of a dramatic cop out to just make him insane, and um, he 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 was very much like Roger Delgado's master in this, including the beard, and I think that was deliberate. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. That uh, that he was calculating, that he was scheming, he was plotting. His ideas are big, but they're not nuts. Uh, and I thought that was I thought that was delicious. I just love that. So here's my thought, and and you just you just tied into that. I think they gave him more the traditional master role, and you and and and, and it's exactly what you just said, Lee. Exactly. Yeah. They could not have two manic, you know, uh, zany masters, and that was kind of what you know Sims was before. So I think they left Michelle Gomez's version as Missy as that you know, zany offbeat character where his was more the stoic diabolical I mean, master. Well, you know what? I I don't know if that's true because I think the reason I love Missy so much in this episode is because she was so much more grounded than she normally is. Um, she was, I don't know. She wasn't as, as, um, you know, Mary Poppins, like it is, as she has been in times past. And I don't know, I just like seeing her grounded and more focused a lot more than I've liked her in the past. And I mean, again, like I said, I, I really, this episode solidified my like, my uh, interest in her. Cause, you know, by the end of this episode, I'm like, man, I, I really love that character. I would have loved more of her in the series uh, versus what we got. Wow. And and it's yeah. interesting that you're doing this on her last uh, scheduled appearance. I'm not saying she won't ever be back because who would have thought John Sims would come back? So um, that's right. You know, I'm here's here's the 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 thing with Missy, and I don't mind us talking totally Master Missy if we want to at this point. <laughs> but um, here here's the thing with. Missy's master that I loved so much about this episode. Okay, so at the point where he says to uh, the master, Missy, he says, knock yourself out. And she literally knocks herself out. And um, when that happens, you're not knowing, is she with the doctor? 
is she not? Because she even says, I'm of two minds right now. So you yeah. don't, you know, you've got that dual, is, you know, is she going to be good? Is she going to be bad? Is she going to betray? Yes, she betrayed. What's going to happen? And I think that was part of the dynamic that made it so interesting. At least yeah. it did for me. Well, I mean, that was definitely the struggle for her of this episode, um, even to the point where that thing happens later on with between the both of the masters. I didn't fully understand it. And I thought it was out of left field. Um, I really think she didn't have any reason to do what she did. Uh, just I, I don't fully understand it. Maybe you guys can explain it to me once we get to, right. to well, that well, point. Well, you know what? Let's just completely, you know, get the master Missy out of the way. No pun intended. But um, Lee, what did you think? What did you think of uh, of any of that as well as what Clarence is referring to? Well, it, it ties back to my thing about why I'm not interested in them if they're just insane. Is that, it, that what what's interesting to us in drama is is conflict. And yeah. if you if you're if you're just disconnected from reality, you can't experience conflict. Well, you know you can, but it, it, it becomes very difficult to write. But for the first time ever, we gave her a real problem to solve, and that was fascinating to watch. And I'm yeah. glad I was glad we got to witness it. And I think the John said there's the master, he's got a real problem to solve too, and it's her. <laughs> you know, he doesn't know that. We we keep wondering if if she's gonna go one way or the other, and we can sense that he he's got the same problem. Is she gonna go one way or the other? You know. Yeah. And did I say he was gonna kill her? Yes, yes I she did. did. Yes, she did. And I was like, no, no, that couldn't happen. And so did we. So did we. I just don't get the why of that though. I don't. I I don't get the why. Well, in the previous episode, he said. Um, I'm very, I'm very concerned about my future. Right. And the idea that, that, that in, in his next life, he's going to be somebody who is, uh, on the doctor's side, who's going to finally, after all that he's tried to do, <laughs> you know, the ma- the master fails in his next regeneration because he's going to end up like the doctor. Yeah. Better, better than death, you know, better, better to end it here. Hmm. So, so this story gives us the doctor and the master both in the end wanting to end it. No more regenerations, nothing. Ah, I it. did not get that, but you're right. Yeah. So better to commit suicide than to be like the doctor, <laughs> right? Yeah, from his well, point of view. Yeah. Well, well, that and I see that. So, so, that even, so that, that is a literal murder suicide. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to think that even goes into what Bill says uh, when her and the doctor are walking along that path next to the forest. You know, she says, I, d- I would rather die than go on living like this uh, in mm-hmm. so many words. That's right. And, you know, it's, it's kind of the same thing, which, you know, that that scene just is so heartbreaking because it makes you think of real life. You know, mm-hmm. uh, somebody gets paralyzed or has a, a terminal disease or something. Um, quality of life changes for some reason or another. You know, it 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 was heartbreaking to hear her say that because those are the things it makes me think of in, in the real world. You know, how does somebody continue uh, in their current state? So true. Yeah, and you know, uh, um, 
you know, whenever she, because what she actually says is uh, something about if I can't be me anymore, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you know, and that's the line. That's that, and that really kind of affects him because you can look on his face and see when she says that that you know he gets it, and I think that's what puts that into his head about not wanting to go on and not wanting to regenerate is if he can't be me anymore, if he can't be himself. So is there anything before we go on to talk about, um, you know, what else was going on in the episode that we want to say about Missy and the master? Um, I thought it was awesome uh, in that first, I guess the second scene where um, the doctor reprograms the, the Cybermen <laughs> and all of a sudden the problem of the Cybermen attacking humans is flipped on, on them. I thought that was a really cool moment to, to see them scramble a bit, <laughs> not knowing what was going to happen <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and getting back the same fear they were just instilling on every other human in, in, in the uh, <laughs> complex or the floor. I thought that was really, really cool. And again, something that kind of reminded me of real life when, um, you know, we're quick to judge a certain group of people if they're in a situation. But what happens when you get get put in that same situation? You know? <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's all different then. <laughs> well, yeah. well, here's the thing that, um, you know, of course, the doctor had that speech where he's, you know, talking about why he does what he you know what what what's his purpose for doing what he does and he's you know asking them to stand with him and you know missy says basically thanks for trying you can't win i know and <gasps> come on lady version i honestly don't know what you see in him likewise if you are so before i go let's have this out you and me once and for all (sighs) winning is that what you think it's about i'm not trying to win i'm not doing this because i want to beat someone or because i hate someone or because because i want to blame someone it's not because it's fun god knows it's not because it's easy it's not even because it works because it hardly ever does I do what I do because it's right, because it's decent, and above all, it's kind. It's just that. Just kind. If I run away today, good people will die. If I stand and fight, some of them might live maybe not many maybe not for long hey you know maybe there's no point in any of this at all but it's the best i can do so i'm going to do it and i will stand here doing it till it kills me you're going to die too someday how would that be if you thought about it what would you die for who i am it's where i stand where i stand Where I fall. 
terrified. Maybe we can help. A little. Why not? Just to the end. Just be kind. See this face? Take a good, long look at it. This is the face that didn't listen to a word you just said. And then uh, you go on to the end after she's stabbed uh, herself. And <laughs> then, you know, uh, the master says, um, you, know, I'll, you know, I will never stand with the doctor. And then she says something like, oh, oh yes, my dear, uh, you, you will. And that's whenever he <laughs> shoots her. And the idea that she was on her way back to the doctor and to be able yeah. to let him, you know, the things that he had done, trying to redeem her. Yeah. And then whether, I mean, I, I know there will be another master at some point, and what they will re- reveal that she, you know, she regenerated. Uh, he he didn't actually kill her, blah, blah. But the idea in this particular story that she was on her way back in this incarnation to side with the doctor and then gets shot in the back by herself. So that's tragic. That 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 was the sad part. Where no matter if she's like they're laughing as she's dying, and he's laughing, and so <laughs> forth. The yeah. the tragedy of the doctor not knowing that she had gotten or he had gotten through to her. That oh, was sad. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think about that. Wow. And and it's still a moral victory for the doctor, if you ask me. He still won because she was on her way back. She was. Okay. Yeah. So the, okay, so we're going to get deep here. Yeah. Is the winning for the winning or is the winning knowing that you won? Well, I, 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 the, the part of this episode that I teared up at was not any of these multiple deaths. No, or no, anything, no, no, but, it wasn't. No. But, the, but, the, but the doctor's speech about why he does what he does. You do it because it's right. Yeah, yeah. True. True, true, true. So, yeah, just go uh, ahead. Let me just another honorable mention, Master Missy moment <laughs> is is when um, I guess Missy is talking about what is the time compensator? I forgot what it's called. The the um, gadget that the tortoise yeah, is missing. Yeah, whatever. And, uh, oh and then, yes. Uh, <laughs> then John Sims says, uh, "By the way, is it wrong that I dot yes, dot dot?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And she was of like, course. "Yes." 
Yeah, so the doctor having a, I mean, the master having a hot for herself. So I thought that was extremely funny. I like that a lot, too. Yeah, that was funny, too. And especially since, uh, you know, their time streams out of sync and whatever. And he's actually the uh, crazy. She, Yeah, he's actually the crazy woman that told him to uh, always keep uh, the extra dematerializer. That that was funny. That was so cool. Yeah, I agree. And I like the way they explained not being able to remember was right out of the day of the doctor when mm-hmm. they were talking about their own timelines being out of sync. So that was cool. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes. So I want to purposely, I'm, as you can probably figure out, I'm saving something for last, but I want to talk about if we, you guys don't mind, uh, Nordle next. Are we good for that? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So what do we think about Nordle's character, uh, are kind of coming, to a looks like close here. Yeah. Thoughts? Um well he, he kinda you know, I've said it several times, he's he's Mama Nordal, but uh he's oh. definitely transformed from Mama Nordal into General Nordal by the by the end of this episode. He's he's uh definitely a badass by the end of this and and you know people give Clara a lot of uh, flack for being as powerful or as uh, clever or brilliant as a doctor. Nordal is pretty much the doctor. <laughs> Nordal's a bad man. He's a bad man. And, you know, I'm just extremely happy about his arc this series. Just, you know, unexpected joy. Another unexpected joy of this season. And, you know, um, yeah, yeah, I've really, I've really enjoyed him in those last words. Uh, that he kind of gave to uh, Bill and the Doctor were really heartbreaking. I have them written here somewhere. Uh, yeah, um, Bill says, uh, "You'll, I think you'll find the right words later." And then he like uh, goes into the hall to walk off and turn turns around and says, uh, "You're wrong, you know, quite wrong. I will never be able to find the words." It's like that's just perfect. That's perfect. It's perfect, and so very true. That that really is. That's how it is. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So, so what did you think of you know your take on Nordle, uh, Lee? I, I I thought that was a very satisfying ending for him. I I didn't know what was going to happen, and and he has been elevated from comic relief to being somebody that we took very very seriously. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I kind of you've got me thinking about Babylon Five a lot these days. <laughs> the, the the death of these two masters reminded me. You know, spoilerific of people who haven't seen all of Babylon Five, but there's two principal characters who basically die in the process of killing each other. Yes, <laughs> and uh, and and Veer is somebody who was essentially comic relief, and by the end of that series, we took him very very seriously. Correct. And uh, it's a reminded he reminded me a lot of, of Veer in that way. Um, but um, uh, I, uh, my wife and I are big fans. We watch everything that has Matt Lucas in it, in, including his weird uh, Pompadour. The, the Pompadour. Yes, Pompadour. Pompadour. Which, yeah, which we love. Pompadour. But uh, and we just have the feeling there's nothing he can't do. That 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 kind of broad lunatic um, pantomime comedy, and my God, some of these moments where uh, you know her name was River Song, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, He's got the dramatic chops as well. He's just, he's extraordinary. He's an extraordinary person. But uh, I really like the idea of leaving him in charge of all these people. 
because yeah. uh, who better? Who better? Yeah. I just wanted him to meet someone so that he could, you know, go up and say, um, you know, and the person to say their name and he could, that somebody could say, well, who was that? And he could say, Bubbles, darling, Bubbles, Bubbles, Bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> or, 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 or even better, and then this is going to be my only other joke for tonight. You know, when they say, yeah, and then when they say something like, "Well, what were they eating?" and he could say, "Dust, dust." They're eating dust. <laughs> Clarence, you've got to go back and watch Little Britain so you'll yeah, get. Has no idea what you're talking about. Dust, dust, <laughs> cake, Ooh, and, love cake. With me and Pompadour. Yeah. yeah. Although for people who haven't seen Pompadour, I I, w- I will warn you that he ends up uh, very nearly nude a couple of times and. Once you've seen that, you can't unsee it. <laughs> uh, yeah. just, just a warning. Well, there. well, now Bubbles was was nude. Well, that's true. Yeah, but that wasn't <laughs> him per se. Yeah, kind of a yeah, a lot of lot of help there. But yeah, <laughs> literally. But, but, uh, but yeah, so you, he, you know, you're right. He, and what an exit for him! What an exit! Right, Cause yeah. to be able to be someone that we're sitting here talking about as such a you know in a dramatic emotional scene and then I can immediately switch over and talk about bubbles, bubbles, you know, which was hilarious, but it was, but, but that says that he's got such a range to be able to do that. Yeah. And, you know, I knew that this would probably be his last appearance and I'm glad that one of the things that I anticipated would probably happen. I figured the master or Missy would, you know, deactivate him, kill him, or whatever, that he would meet meet a tragic end. I'm glad to see that that didn't happen. And, you know, I found myself in re-watching this episode multiple times this week. I mean, this is the only one in this season, including the pilot, that I have probably watched bits and pieces of totaling about five times probably this week. And, you know, watching him and Bill together i'm gonna push them together and say they remind me of donna noble in a way and here's here here's what i mean by that when i saw donna if you guys will recall in the um runaway bride you know i thought she was comic relief and really wasn't excited that she was coming back so I saw Nordal in that uh the husbands of river song even though i liked him in Husbands of River Song, he was comic relief. And I think a lot of people, when they found out he was coming back, did the same thing they did when they said Catherine Tate was coming back, mm. that um, he, that she was, you know, like a one-off, you know, and not a real companion. She became yeah. a real companion. He became a real companion. Yeah. Now, yeah. the other thing where I'm going to add Bill to the equation Really and truly, Donna had one series. I know she, you know, was on for the specials and so forth, but she really just had one season or series, just like Bill did. But out of the original set of RTD companions, if I had to go back and choose which one that I liked the best, I think I would be drawn to say that Donna was the one that I liked the best. And out of the companions that Moffat created minus river song i think bill had the most impact in a way 
or just just and I don't mean necessarily on the story. I think something about Bill connected with the audience in a way that no matter how popular the uh, and maybe it's just me personally, but there was just something about Bill's story arc that was just good. What do you guys think? It seemed to me that everybody loves Bill and we all loved her, you know, from the pilot onward. Uh, there was, you know, I think a lot of us went in with misgivings as we always do a new doctor or a new companion or whatever. But by the end of the pilot, yeah, we were on board and that's, that's, that's remarkable really. All right, Clarence, what do you think? I mean, I agree with what Lee said. I mean, um, from the beginning, uh, she's just been that breath of, of life to the series that has kind of got everyone reinvigorated, um, asking the right questions, um, being that quirky, weird companion that we all can somehow connect to, and then just being probably being the most different from the other companions, I would think. You know, um, one of the things we got when we first heard of who, who she would be in a little bit, a little bit about her character, you know, her sexuality. And, you know, I was at first I was like, why are they making a big deal out of this? Just, you know, give it to us. And we'll, we'll see how we like it. But it really does play an important role in her arc. And and we even see it from it. It, uh, it, it bookends itself with the pilot up until this episode of of uh, how um, her sexuality plays into different aspects of her character, not the only thing. And, you know, even that point where her her and the doctor are um, on that last little run to defeat the Cybermen and they kind of have last words. And she says, uh, I like uh, girls and young people or something to that effect, <laughs> yeah. you know, just kind of stating at the end, I haven't changed. It's still the same bill. And, you know, I, I, I just really have enjoyed her character and, and sad to see her go. But she, she did have a very concise, beautiful uh, one series arc. So I want to go back and go, go back to the scene when, you know, when we know, you know, that they are still on the ship and we see, um, you know, the master and Missy join them. And then the next thing you see is Bill in the barn. But what you see as the viewer initially oh. was Bill in the barn. So what did you guys think of that? Were you, were you, did you immediately realize what was going on or, or what were you thinking? I've been real eager to ask you guys about this because I knew immediately what was happening. And, and it was one of those times where I started tapping my foot mentally because, and then when the, the girl brought her something flat wrapped in a package, I said, it's a mirror. It's a mirror. It's a mirror. Come on, come on, come oh, on. Oh, you screenwriters. Well, I, that's it. I'm wondering, is that it? Or yeah, no. I, okay. And, and, and I didn't mind, you know, because I feel, still thought it was beautiful. It's a beautiful idea. But I did know immediately what was happening because I've seen that convention employed in other things. That's really why. I mean. All right. So, so I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna say something here. <laughs> I actually, when I saw that, whenever they showed her, uh, Bill, I actually thought of you, uh, Lee. I actually thought of you, but you, but 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 not because you're a writer. And I was thinking, oh well, you know, you know, Lee will probably you know say what Lee just said. But <laughs> I actually thought of it as. 
Lee saying, I do not want to hear the Cyberman talk for an hour and a half. Well, that is true. That is a good reason for having Pearl Mackey play herself, or play Bill, and not do the Cyber Bill. Yeah, that's true. And and we really, do, she did deserve, you know, her time on camera. And that convention allowed us to have that in this last episode. It wouldn't have been the same if it was just her in the suit with the voice. That would, it would have been a completely different episode. No, yeah, I agree. A brilliant, a brilliant move to have her play the character uh, for, for the majority of the episode. Really, really. And uh, and I have to say, I didn't know at first Come on, we've seen the Doctor works of miracles now. Uh, he well, turned Matt, yeah. Matt Lucas back into his character. True, true. <laughs> so it's not beyond the realm of possibility that that uh, Bill couldn't be Bill again. So, you know, me being ever hopeful that you know we could get the real Bill back. Uh, I mean, very soon after you find out, you know, okay, you pretty much know it's not it's not her. But I I thought that was. A beautiful thing, though, how they how she was actually playing the character, and and you know they kind of said she's still seeing herself as herself and still has her own um, sensibilities because of uh, the lie of the land where she had to fight off the uh, the monks. Mm-hmm. It made her stronger. It was kind of throwaway line, but it, apparently the doctor said that's what made her so mentally strong to be able to to see herself even as she was completely turned into a Cyberman. So I thought that was, that was really cool. And, and, you know, I don't, like you said, the episode definitely would not have been the same. uh, She hadn't stayed in that role. Yeah. This is another one of these places where this fantasy show uh, overlaps in real life, because that is what happens to us. You know, the people who have suddenly lost a limb, one of the problems they have to deal with is that in their mind, it's still there. (laughs) And sometimes, sometimes it hurts. And there's nothing you can do about that, you know. Yeah. So that is a real thing that happens. So, you know, she she would have her whole sense of herself if she's still Bill. Yeah. You know, I'm sitting here and I'm watching just um, the video, not the audio of of what we were talking about of them in the barn, and yeah. it just goes back to saying she is an amazing brilliant actress isn't she yeah yeah you know because i'm i'm sitting here watching and i'm trying to picture it what the doctor is seeing is the metal cyberman but we're seeing the emotions that she is portraying as you know herself and you know it's it just again i think it goes into why people connected with her at the level in which they did. Yeah, and and just the back and forth from her to normal Bill and Cyberman Bill, Cyber Bill, was was play, played so beautifully. Uh, I'm thinking of that scene where Nordo was sitting at the table with the head mother woman. I don't mm-hmm. know her name. Yeah. And she sees the Cyberman walk in, and she just grabs the gun and starts railing railing at a at Cyber Bill, and when they took that scene and flash back to just Bill, normal Bill sit standing there, so effective, <laughs> so yeah. effective. Yeah, and you know, uh, while we're talking about Bill, because I've kind of distracted to this one because the scene 
Okay, I'm going to hush on that. It chokes me up every time I see the scene of her walking in the, you know, where she's walking to the doctor. That was massive to me. I mean, every time, I mean, literally, I mean, I'm sitting here without the music even playing and got choked up there for a second. And then until I, you know, clicked off of it. But the scene of her walking and, you know, leaning over the doctor and knowing the doctor is dead. And I say that for a reason. Remember when they were talking about in Knock Knock the doctor regenerating and he never told her about regeneration. Oh, mm, that's true. She does so she literally does not know from the character's point of view and Clarence that's something I've been wanting to mention to you every time we've talked this week is, you know, this thing I'm saying now, but that was what made that scene to me so emotional is she literally thinks he's dead. She's not waiting for him to regenerate. She was basically what she and um you know, what was her name? The Heather. What they did, she, in, in my opinion, in Bill's mind, she's taking the doctor back for his final resting place. Yeah, burial, burial with space. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's right. You know, yeah. so she's burying yeah, she him says, to this some degree. She says this is the degree. only place he could be at peace. That's right. So from her perspective, not knowing about the regeneration, that's she's letting him be at peace. And that scene where she's crying over the doctor that I just got choked up about is so poignant because I had that realization right as she's walking and doing that. It was like, she doesn't know he can regenerate. But, but it, I wondered if she would pick up on the master Missy thing and say, okay, he's a time lord too. So he must get come back. You know, once Kyle said that I started playing this back in my mind, because you know, one of the goals apparently of this year was to, was to sort of reintroduce all the core concepts of Doctor Who to people. So he's had to explain what TARDIS stands for. He's had to explain, you know, why you can understand Latin when you're among the Romans and, and all these things. And if we managed to skip over talking about regeneration, <laughs> it, it, that would be huge. But I think all the conversations about regeneration between the Master and Missy have been happening between the two of them or with the Doctor. And I don't think Bill is ever... Well, no, when they're... No, I got you one better, and it, and it explains. Bill. Okay, okay, and I think it's where you were about to go. When when the master and Missy are together, because remember, uh, she thought Mister Ra- she didn't know Mister um, Razor was a male version of Missy, and she was already turned into Cyberville by the time those two are side by side. She's right. processing being yeah. a Cyberman. I, I don't. Th- I would think him telling her about who those two are and and one's called missy and one's the master i don't think that you know yeah. conversation yeah. would have come up yeah. you, you think I she's see. got other things in her mind or exactly literally yeah. like herself yeah yeah, yeah. That, may, that makes sense that makes sense and and that makes me think like um regenerations regenerations and I know we mentioned on the last episode about the conversation Bill and the doctor had while sitting on that bench about, you know, he didn't know if they were girls or guys back in the day, you know, mm-hmm. and they have this one scene in this episode where, uh, John Sims says, is the future going to be all girl? And then the doctor says, we can only hope. Yeah. <laughs> right. That, 
that immediately had my mind racing like <laughs> <laughs> that's our strongest evidence yet for female female 13th doctor i think <laughs> All right, so um, since you said 13, um, and, and I know we're leading right into this, I, that's a good point to say something that Paul said when he and I were talking a little bit earlier, and he was talking about Christmas, and he said you know, something, and I'm paraphrasing him here, him here, but basically it was, how do you get to 13? And, and it was, the answer to that was, it's 12 plus 1. And, oh. and and the idea is you get so it is. you get to thirteen from twelve plus one because it takes twelve and one working together to get to, to, to get to thirteen. And I was nice. like, "Oh wow, that's cool." That is very nice. nice. Yeah. So, for any of you who don't know what we're talking about, <laughs> we see. Uh, but you know what? Before I get to one, let's let 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 me ask you guys: What did you think about the scene in the TARDIS where he's, uh, you know, obviously starting to regenerate, and he wakes up and starts mumbling and so good saying so good. you know random things? We know he doesn't want to go, and oh, the Matt Smith impression was oh yeah. that had when, me yeah. when the doctor was <laughs> me. Yeah. So good. And so, then just prior to that, when we had the flashback right before he jumps up and they showed several companions, I was just mm-hmm. like off the edge of my seat <laughs> by this thing. Yeah. So, Lee, uh, did you get all of those? Service, yeah. hmm? I, I think you got it. So tell me where that fan service, tell us about I, it. I was going to say that, that, seemed, that struck me as being a little bit of fan service because uh, as the fourth doctor lies dying, uh, he's visited by uh, others and, uh, other voices like that, and uh, and then the fifth Doctor gets uh, gets their faces and their voices and everything, <laughs> including the Master who's shouting at him to die, die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, so this time we got the same thing, including Sarah Jane. We saw yeah, River Song and Sarah yeah. Jane. Hooray! Yes, yes, that was I'm good. Saying doctor. And so we see, and the and the the thing that he said about the Suntar and fleet, it was something I believe Tom Baker said in Robot. When he first uh, woke up, uh, he made he mumbled something about that, and um, so we had that. We had the scene with the faces. We had, um, you know, I don't want to go from ten. We had mm-hmm. uh, always uh, when the doctor was me from eleven, mm-hmm. but there was one more. Did did either of you get that one? I I have watched it three times now, and I was thinking there's something I'm missing here. But so what is it? Your subconscious just told you. Hmm. Because I watched it three times. Yeah. Oh, um, well, she said where there's tears, there's hope, and I thought of the third doctor saying where there's life, there's, and he never finishes because he dies. Yeah, and, and I think that the 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 what I read basically was you know where there's life, there's hope, and that was the paraphrasing. Yeah. Off of that. So, we said last week that uh, we speculated that what we saw um, at the beginning of last week would be booked in or to see the ending at the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. So, we were right. Mm-hmm. And so, we see him go out uh, onto the snow and punch his hands down and says, I will not change. 
So, Clarence, what was your um, take on the whole dynamic of not wanting to change? And, I mean, even to the things he was saying, you know, back inside the TARDIS, what was your take on the I don't want to change mentality? Yeah, first I wish he could have got one Eccleston quote in there. Uh, I was fantastic, I think is what he said, yeah. or something mm-hmm. to that effect. Yeah. I, I wish I wish they would have got that in there. Yeah. So was but, I. <laughs> but just the, um, it reminds me a lot of Tenet, because it seemed like I remember Tenet's uh, goodbye being long-winded. Uh, I don't know if I remember correctly there, but, but he's definitely uh, stretching this one out and, you know, um, We've we've been tricked before. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So he, he's he's tricked us multiple times in this series with regenerations, and um, yeah, I don't blame him. <laughs> but but of course, it just uh, lends itself to a very a very exciting Christmas episode. Ultimately, what so about you guys. So Lee, what did you t- what did you think of the you know holding back the regeneration? Well, because he says, I don't want to change, I, I understood that to mean he wants to stay the same, but he's dying. Yeah. And so it took me a while to sort of get, no, he means this is it. Like, oh. Bill, like Bill and the master and Missy, what I want now is to die. But he's not going to say that because he's the hero on a children's stage. Wow. <laughs> wow. But am I right? Yeah, that's... I- not changing is not I, an option for him. I think so. Um, well, you know, I, it, it it seems like in in times past we've heard this spill of him, you know, living on through generations, and he's having to see his companions, you know, get old and, right. and, and move on. But he hasn't really expressed that any this season that I recall. So. The fact that he's optioning just to not go on, I don't, I don't know if I really get that, but it definitely seems like that from what what you're saying and and kind of uh, how he actually portrayed those words. So I I don't know. <laughs> you, you, you know, I, I'm I'm looking now at you know the TARDIS uh, powering down exactly for, you know where he had stopped the regeneration. And stop the energy, and he's asking, you know, where have you taken me? And uh, if you're trying to make a point, I'm not listening. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to change again, never again. And then you hear the TARDIS, you know, kind of grumbling. I can't keep on being somebody else. Uh, And then he says, whatever it is, I'm staying. And then that's whenever he goes outside. So, yeah. um, you know, I think it's open to interpretation, uh, Lee. I could definitely yeah. uh, consider what you said as, you know, whatever it is. And if whatever it is means I'm dying, then I'm staying. Or that he just wants to keep being that that version. Yeah, I, mean, that I could go staying. with both ways. Yeah. But um, so we have to think, oh, this is me being a screenwriter again, but we, we have to think that the Christmas story is going to somehow be about how change is inevitable. And, you know, people got to change. If we were at the South Pole and what we're going to do is, <laughs> is witness the first doctor, uh, his body wear thin, as he said, <laughs> then uh, maybe the doctor learns a lesson from that. Our, our doctor, the 12th doctor, learns a lesson from, from that, which means maybe we're going to see <laughs> somebody playing the second doctor as well. Should be interesting. 
Hmm. That would be interesting. Which, which is funny because, uh, because uh, Matt Smith's doctor in his last speech, he kind of, I think part of his, his final monologue is that no change is good. Just kind of like what he says. So, mm-hmm. you know, here we are, what, three years later? No, no, no. Three Matt, seasons later. Matt Smith said, we all change. When you think about it, we're all different people all through our lives, and that's good. That's okay. You've got to keep moving so long as you remember all the people that you used to be. I will not forget one line of this, not one day, I swear. I will always remember when the doctor was me, and then that's when he changes. Hmm. Which is so interesting because I've got it paused with closed captioning where the doctor is saying, I will not change. Yeah. You know, and it's, we all change. So it's, it's totally, you know, whereas that, that version, the Matt Smith version was totally embracing the change. And this one is totally rejecting. Mm-hmm. And, and, and mm-hmm. I'm glad you mentioned that because how appropriate of a dynamic, um, you know, that that presents. And let me ask a question. We knew that Matt Smith was leaving like six months before he did, but all they were recording that year was the 50th anniversary and the Christmas episode, because that was the year that we had, you know, four uh, episodes in, um, you know, in the fall with the exit of Amy or four or five episodes. And then you had the remaining part of the series in the spring where it introduced um, Clara and then you went directly into the 50th anniversary. So literally that year, you only had two event stories that were actually recorded, which were those two episodes. So my point being, when Matt Smith left, you didn't have a complete series to build up the exit where you have the complete series now as the you also had a complete series with Tennant when he left so yeah, that you could yeah, build yeah. up. So does that that make a difference in some way? Mm. What do you think, Lee? You're the writer. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know. Not, not emotionally, I don't think. Uh, I, I was just lost thinking about the fact that uh, the way this story was told, the doctor doesn't know what happened to Bill. No, he doesn't. Yeah. And that that's really poignant, too, that um, huh. we saw oh. something, something good happen to her, and he doesn't, he doesn't know. Oh, but I think, yeah. we'll see one, I think we'll see Bill one more time. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it seems like he just assumes it's all over for the both of them, you know, when they kind of have those final words. Uh, yeah, right, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So maybe he doesn't expect it to be anymore. No, no. <laughs> and, 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 you know, she did, if you notice, before she and Heather left, she left him something. Did you notice? A power tear? Yeah, she left, <laughs> she, left, she left him her tears. Well, that's true. So does this mean she could always come back to the doctor when she point. needs them? Right. She's, she's already been transliterated into pilot stuff. And maybe <laughs> since she's a pilot, she might could help uh his memory a little bit interesting yeah, 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 yeah. it wouldn't be impossible i don't think so maybe she could help uh <laughs> his memory should, so. should we talk about the the moffat thing about having characters die only not really 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. Can we say Rory? And River. And River. And Clara. And Clara. Mm. And Bill. Yeah. yeah. And the doctor. <laughs> All right. Because <laughs> think about it. The pick. doctor died several times during uh, the uh, sixth uh, si- series alone. <laughs> you know, whether he was a robot or whether River gave him regenerations or what. Right, yeah. You know, he died. On and on, yeah. <laughs> yeah we Has he? His, his Viking funeral, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Has he killed off any main characters? Well, River and Clara, and but yeah. but, it, but, there, but there's always a spin. There's always a yeah. but wait, but yeah. wait, but yeah. wait, and, yeah. and then Bill. And yeah, I guess the doctor assumes that Bill was destroyed when he blew up the the, the fifth floor of the the spaceship. I mean, right? Because <laughs> I mean, the whole point was to kill everything and everybody. So yeah, yeah. true. Oh. Okay. Plus, absolutely awesome scene where uh, he's jumping around with the uh, Sonic and, you know, having this computer uh, program <laughs> uh, reel out these explosions. I thought that was fantastic. That was fun, yeah. And calling out the name of every place where the Cybermen have killed people. <laughs> yeah. So, so what do we think of that scene where, you know, uh, he's, you know, after he says, I will not change. You hear the voice, I will not change. I mean, we knew at that point who that was, right? Yeah, and I was annoyed that I'd had that spoiled for me. I kind of wanted that to be a surprise. Nah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, love that. So, and, um, and you know, I was going to ask this before, uh, Bill is now a spirit being, whatever. <laughs> whatever the technological <laughs> whim. She's the co-pilot. Is. She's the co-pilot, and, uh, and ah, her, nice. her partner is Heather. And uh, so that was there in the first episode. They're Bill and Heather. Do you, you know why they're Bill and Heather? Because that, well, no, I'm not going to say it because I was, any any guesses, Mr. Brown? And no idea. Okay. That was the name, William Hartnell and his wife, Heather, yeah, correct? Those, those are the Hartnells, right. So oh. that little Valentine to the first doctor... Um, has been there from the from the beginning of the series, so Bill ends up with Heather, and then in comes the first Doctor. So there you go. Kind of, um, and, and you know what? They even were talking. I was just going to say how poetic, and and yeah. and in Bill's first scene with him, she's talking about you know poetry and uh, physics. So um, yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> you know that's kind of funny. You know, I will give Moffat this. That's one of his things that when you finally do get to the reveal, all this stuff makes <laughs> sense. Yeah. Usually, yeah. Usually, you know, yeah. usually, yeah. I'm willing to buy it for yeah within the 45 minutes. Yeah. Um, let me ask you guys this before we kind of wrap and give the uh, final thoughts. Um, did who was the and, and I've already mentioned this to Clarence. I'm going to p- point this to uh, Lee in that scene with the "I will not change" uh, mm-hmm. and then "I will not change" for the other. When the old doctor approached, or the first doctor approached the older doctor per se, mm-hmm. um, right. was they are they are in fact the same age. Because, right, Aldi, exactly. Yeah, William Hartnell. Yeah. So, who was the how did you interpret what the first doctor was saying to the 12th? 
things ridiculous. Hello? Someone there? Who is that? I'm the doctor. The doctor? No, I don't think so. No, hear me now. You may be a doctor, but I am the doctor. The original i i just had question marks over my head like in a comic book i i didn't know uh, i i don't know why he was saying what he said about change uh so i'll be very eager to see how this ties into the christmas special okay so clarence uh you know i know i told you what i kind of thought about but what was your initial take on on their communication yeah, I don't. I don't know if the words meant a whole lot to me, uh, to be honest. Um, but that being said, you know, I mentioned this last week when we were, you we were talking about the uh, the the um, Cyberman clip that you showed me. This gets me more interested in seeing more classic Who, and you know, I saw the movie. What was the movie about yeah, the ninety six? Oh, oh, uh, an adventure in time and space. Yeah, yeah, space which, time, yeah, which I loved. I thought the movie was excellent. So I love that. Loved it yeah, so much. So good. So I mean, I, as far as the words that were spoken, honestly, I can't even remember them. So maybe you can quote them back to me. All right. So <laughs> I will not change. And then you know it's what the doctor says. And then uh, you hear in the distance uh, a voice says, "I will not change." And then he's he goes on. And the doctor looks around, and he was like, hello. And then he says, is someone there? And then you hear, who is that? Uh, I'm the doctor. Um, well, the the part that it didn't show while I was doing that was um, it showed, you hear the doctor says, well, the old doctor, the first doctor says, I will not change. I mean, it's, no, 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 it's ridiculous. I will not change. And then that's whenever he says, you know, who's there? So was the doctor saying, in your opinion, was he ridiculing or chastising the 12th doctor? Or, or what was the in- impression of that? Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, that makes me want to see it again, because I, I had the sense that the first doctor somehow knew that was the 12th doctor that he's talking to and was talking directly to him. So he, but if he was talking to himself in that way that the first doctor did, he, he could be talking about his own impending rejection. Bingo. See, when yeah. I first watched we're it. we at the South Pole. Right. And see, if when I first watched it, I immediately, or my initial take on it was, he is, you know, being grumpy first doctor. He's saying, you know, that is ridiculous. You're, you're not changing. That's ridiculous. You've got to change. And I, and it just didn't sit right to me. And as I started watching it over and over, it was like, no, 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 I'm interpreting this wrong. He's talking about himself. And since they focus so much on repeating former lines that a doctor had said the 12th doctor was only repeating something that the first doctor had previously said it just so happened that when he repeated it was right before the first doctor actually said it yeah well i think it's definitely meant to have dual meaning or be uh applied to both of them i mean he knows it's the doctor he sees the um 
the TARDIS behind him, I guess. So, um, yeah, I, I think he's one of them dual meaning things, <laughs> honestly. And I think the Christmas episode is going to be um, Capaldi coming to the realization that he has to change anyway, even though he doesn't want to. But we'll see. And I think it's also it. going to be. Um, uh, so you saying it's going to be that for both of them? I think it's going to be for both. What do mm-hmm. you think? Yep. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I really hope that there's going to be somebody in there playing the second doctor as well. Mm. If if only for his moment on the floor in the TARDIS. Well, oh, you think they might recreate that scene? Yeah, that would They've, be awesome. We, we've still got <laughs> we've still got the first Doctor Stardust. It's in Wales. I've seen it. <laughs> yeah, so we know uh, we know they can haul that set out whenever and, they want. And I've actually seen pictures of of current Tardis and and the other Tardis side by side. That, 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 <laughs> that's all I'm saying. <laughs> you know, well, all, all I do that's you know, a possibility. Well, oh, well, well, true. That's but, true. <laughs> but you know, I, I, I will say this: this will be my one of my Christmas wishes, and one of my Christmas wishes is that you know, good things happen to not just impossible people, not just to pilots, but also to grandchildren. That's all. Mm-hmm. That would be my Christmas wish. Mm-hmm. So, would would that be the actual? Actor playing, yes, because <laughs> oh, she, a, or somebody yeah. playing the younger version. No, no, no. I would say the actual. If she is still wanting to come back, I would think what the, there is no better time than this to but how. No, no, no. Yeah. Well, he could go back and see her at a you know yeah, later yeah, point yeah. in her life. He went back yeah. to see Clara uh, in that dream when she was older. No, that's true. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so there you go. So, um, ratings, Clarence, ratings. You didn't have to do this. Uh, a five, <laughs> five. I mean, <laughs> nothing else to say. Just, just five. Beautiful, beautiful way to end the series. Lee. I'm also going to say five. And I, and I, I'll add that I read an article online. Um, I've now forgotten what, what paper somebody had written this for. But um, they thought it was that it, this episode was just miserable. They thought it failed in every really? conceivable way. Yeah, the, the the writer just hated this. And I read uh, uh, his or her list of things, uh, and I thought, yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. It, okay, no, yeah, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> that that you're right. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, okay, five out of five. I don't care. Yeah, and just, just <laughs> the one caveat to to what you said, this guy giving it bad reviews. The whole fire floors thing was dumb, but it worked for the episode. <laughs> yeah. I just look yeah. past it. <laughs> right, right. No, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that remains a problem for for everything in this two parter. If the people in on floor five are being attacked by the same people in the, the the lab coats with the socks over their heads, those are the people who came for Bill. Yeah. How, how much time has passed for them downstairs? <laughs> yeah. No. 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 Yeah. Don't, don't think about it too much. Just, <laughs> yeah. Yes. So so here's here's going to be my rating or my my number or whatever we have done at this point 59 episodes this will be number 59 we have reviewed the husbands of river song and we all know how much i love river which technically kind of held the pre-death episode of river so said that we've recorded a lot we've talked about a lot i do not remember myself getting choked up as we are talking about an episode i cannot give this a number this was 
off the charts for me because I think they did an outstanding job with Pearl Mackey as an actress and a character. And so uh, for her alone, I cannot give this a rating because my rating is like Google. It's off the chart. So (laughs) kudos, cheers, and whatever to it. I absolutely thought it was to give you that – to give you that ninth doctor quote, I thought it was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So guys, um, anything else that we want to say about this particular episode? Loved it. I, I think, I, th- I think, I think our universal support of the episode is, is known by now. So Lee, if you want to remind people again, how to get in touch with you, um, write to me through the comments form. Nobody ever does, but you know, there's a contact form on uh, relativitypodcast.com. But especially, I'd like for you to listen to the show. Episode 11, coming soon to ordinary plebes who are not uh, Patreon supporters. <laughs> I shouldn't call ever, I shouldn't call my thousands of listeners uh, plebes. There you go. <laughs> All right. So, Clarence, how else uh, can others get in touch with you? Yeah, um, go to techpedition.com. That's T-C-H-P-E-D-I-T-I-O-N.com. Check out uh, my podcast over there. Latest episode, uh, the title of it is Black Samurai. And it's pretty much just a news episode uh, only, but we cover some good topics. And, yeah, you can find out more about that uh, on that website. All right, good deal. And Kyle, what about you, man? All right, well, you know, you can also find Lee and I on Doctor Who Podshock as well as if you want to leave us some feedback, we will have a complete Series 10 review episode coming up soon. And if you want to leave us your thoughts on any of these episodes or the season uh, or Series 10 of Doctor Who as a whole, you can record a voice clip on your smartphone and email it to discussingwho at gmail.com. You can also leave us a voicemail at... uh, Eight five, what is it? Eight five eight eight zero four. Thank you. Dehu. There you go. See, that's why you always need to do the telephone number. So there, <laughs> and we're also on you know Facebook and Twitter and all those good things. So uh, check stuff. us out and uh, check uh, these other shows out. We'd definitely appreciate it. So with that, um, we will be back soon with another episode talking with uh, Paul from Crew to Who. So we glad we are very glad. Excuse me that you enjoy. Uh, blah. We are very glad that you enjoyed the episode, or at least we hope you enjoyed the episode. But we're glad regardless that you joined us. So with that, we will see you next time. Discussing Who is brought to you by Audible. You've probably heard of Audible, but just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again. 180,000 titles to choose from. Imagine a genre. They've got an audiobook. And these files play on smartphones, Kindles, tablets, in fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Discussing Who, Audible is offering a free download when you start a new Audible subscription. And you can choose anything at all from that vast library. But we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic Doctor Who titles, which include New Adventures of the Doctor, but also Torchwood and River Song. And they're performed for you by actors you know and love. Wonderful voices, Tom Baker, Alex Kingston, David Tennant. The list goes on and on. 
So try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way. Free Doctor Who book. So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audibletrial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash discussing who. Also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that? You've been listening to the Discussing Who podcast. Discussing Who is made by fans for fans. No copyright infringement is intended. Show us your fans of the show by liking us on Facebook, following us on Twitter. You can find us on the web at www.discussingwho.com. Want more Discussing Who? Find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Player FM, the Doctor Who Podshock Alliance, and more. Send us your feedback to discussingwho at gmail.com, or if you'd like, simply record a voice message and send that to us via your smartphone, tablet, or computer. We want to hear from you.